Hello, welcome to Backyard Catch. This is Nick Roby again with our good friend, Mr. William Harper. How's it going, Mr. Harper? Doing great. How about you today, Nick? Good, doing well. Enjoying this great summer day here. Um, so we thought it'd be fun just to ca- catch up and talk about baseball. You know, if you've heard earlier, we did a baseball preview, which is crazy. It's already about halfway halfway through the year, and so we thought it'd be fun to do a little just check in with that, see how our picks are doing, see check in on teams and different um, all things baseball. So yeah, so let's see. Um, starting, we'll start with some of my picks. I had in the AL East, I had Boston winning the division uh, in the Central, Cleveland. In the West, I had Houston. And then my wild cards were New York and Oakland. And in the East, I had, for the National League, I had Philadelphia, then Chicago in the Central, and then the Dodgers in the West. And I had Colorado and Atlanta being the wild cards. Um, So looking at those... Uh, some of them I've gotten right, and some of them I've definitely not gotten right. So I guess that's how it how it goes, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, you win some, you lose some. Um, that's definitely baseball. That's definitely baseball. Yeah. So I still felt okay about Boston. They're definitely underperforming more than I thought. Um, I don't yeah. know. What do you What do you think? Who was your pick in the East again? I had. So I did not write mine down like Nick did. Um, Nick is very much prepared. I'm very much not. Um, I either, I can't remember if I had Boston or New York. I probably had Boston. Um, but I knew that New York would be uh, just as good, if not better, than last year. And they've shown that so far this year. They're hitting a ton of homers. Um, mm-hmm. And with their trade for Encarnacion to DH, that just adds more power to their lineup. Yeah, I think they're um, literally embracing Bronx Bombers. Exactly. Or just saying bombs. For sure. Especially with that short porch over in right field. Um, you can hit it like 350 feet, and it's in, this, in the third or fourth row there. Mm-hmm. This is what it seems like anyways. Mm-hmm. So with the Yankees, um, with you, as the, I think I had them as a wild card too. So I think we both agreed that they would be in the playoffs, and it's looking more and more like they're going to win that division. Mm-hmm. However, Tampa is – is hanging in there. Um, I think I said um, during our first podcast about baseball this year, like don't don't write out Tampa because yeah, they're they're going to be right that. in there, um, and it looks like they're in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. The way it's kind of trending now is that it may be all three of those: Boston, New York, and Tampa, all in the playoffs. With two of them looking more and more like Tampa and Boston play each other as the wild card. Um, so that that's a power division that your poor O's are are stuck in. With those Listen, teams. Now, wait a minute. We are only 30 and a half games out. So do not count us out. I mean, the fact that we're more games out than the games we've won right now. I'm looking at the standings right now. And as of today, we are 27 and 61. So there's still a chance. There's, there's still a chance. So do not write my O's out. We're going on a 40 game win streak. Yeah. You never know. Chris Davis is actually playing well now. Well, I won't say well. He's playing, He's playing better. Better. Maybe better is the right word. He's only he's hitting like 190 instead of 160. He's not as much of a financial burden as he was. And at the beginning of the year, he what had the record for the longest hitless game streak or hitless at bat like streak. That, yeah. It was like 55 at bats in a row. It was the worst contract in baseball history. But he's he's hitting some now, so it's not mm-hmm. as bad. Um, yeah. Before we leave the East, we got to talk about Toronto and their influx 
of young talent coming through, uh, and particularly Vlad Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, when he came up, it was a really big deal. But he's kind of – he's been good. He's in the home run derby. But he hasn't taken the world by storm, kind of like Acuna and Soto did last year in the National League. Um, at least from my perspective, do you have any thoughts on, on him and what he's done since coming up? I think he's – He's definitely going to be a talent. I think it's also, it, I think it's just taking some time to adjust. You know, I mean, when you think about it, he's the son of like a great player. He's like run through everything else he's done his entire life with baseball. You know, like he was killing right. in the minors and he's still doing well. I mean, doing well. I mean, he's in the home run derby and he can hit the ball. It's just baseball is all about how, how do you deal with failure? How do you. How would you handle that? Because it's going to happen, and I think he's just having to process through that. And honestly, right now, Toronto is really in a good situation for him to do that because they support the team, and but they're not really trying to win a whole lot right now. I mean, they're trying to win, but it's a great way for young players to get time in. Right. I'm looking um, at the standings, too, and they're only five games ahead of the O's. So, yeah. So there's a def- chance that your O's can catch them. Yeah. So... I, I think he'll be a good player. I think it's just going to take – it just might take a little bit of time for him to to catch off. Um, but just to I, get used to the bigs, and especially facing like the Yankees and the Rays and the Red Sox that many times every year. Um, those, are, those are three really good clubs. So right. that's tough. And when you think about it too, like when you have starters – you're, you get drafted as a pitcher and get placed on a team when you have, like, a dominant pitch. Or you have a dominant pitch and a secondary pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you think about it, he was facing pitchers who could throw hard and probably had some kind of off-speed pitch. But now you're facing, like, starters who developed a third pitch. So say it would be, like, a 95-mile-an-hour fastball, a slider, and a changeup mm-hmm. that are all out pitches. It's just more to adjust, you know? So I think it's just more of taking time of what to look for and just, well, also knowing his dad too, his dad was a free swinger. Oh, for sure. You know, so. And especially these big league pitchers, they get paid lots of money to study you and know what you swing at, what you don't swing at, where your hot spots are, where your Mm -hmm. cold spots are. Mm -hmm. So they figure out ways to get you out and find weaknesses that you didn't know that you had. Yeah. And he's probably been pressing a little bit too, just to try to want to do well and want to, and also, I think the factor of him, well, he's only like 19 or something, right? Like He's, he's super young. He's super young. So just it, that takes a little bit of time as well. I feel like Bryce Harper, if I remember correctly, he it took him a little bit of time to just get adjusted to the majors as well. Came in hot and then mm-hmm. cooled off a little bit, but then ended up winning the MVP mm-hmm. second or third year in the league. Yeah, and the most exciting thing, just to finish out the East, just to talk about my team, the Orioles, we did draft the number one overall pick, and I feel good about it. You know, we got the catcher from Oregon State. So, I feel like he was the consensus overall number one pick, and I think he'll be a strong player. It might just take him a couple of years to get out there. he'll be on the fast track maybe end of next year or 2021. Might see him. I'm thinking probably more 2021 would be my guess. I, With I, those college guys, they don't take as long because they've spent three, four years mm-hmm. in college playing. So, that time to develop there. I just want to be – wouldn't be shocked if they try to do like a um, uh, 
Joe Maurer, Buster Posey type of thing where they catch him, but they also try to play him at like first base because catching you just hurts your body. And if you're trying to make him your cornerstone right. of the future, you definitely want to bring him up as a catcher. But to know that he, they're probably going to try to develop a second position for him just so they can keep his bat. That makes sense. You know, so I w- you have the DH two in the American League. You have the so DH two, right? Sliding in, right? And so I wouldn't be shocked if they're trying to do that. I would say by twenty twenty one. I would, I would hope that he's in the majors. If not, they're going to at least probably try just because he was the number one overall pick. But we'll see. We're in a lot of young players. so. But moving on to the central, I had um, I had Cleveland first. Who would you have again? I had Cleveland you there had Cleveland. as well. Yeah. This was the division I remember saying that I knew nothing about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even at, I, I watched the AL, and it, it's, it's, this one was harder to predict. Right, and and now Minnesota has a six and a half game lead over Cleveland. I didn't know anything about Minnesota coming into the season, um, so to see them kind of take off has surprised me a little bit. Um, but it's exciting to see the Twins. Baseball's better when when they're good, mm-hmm. um, and they haven't really been good that much. So it's nice to see them showing out some up there. Yeah, the Great Lakes. Orioles shout out Jonathan Scope is now playing for them at second base. So gotta watch out. There you go. I'll, I'll swing, no. <laughs> Anything <laughs> else. It was fun to watch, but yeah, that's more of his style. And yeah. I was going to say, how about um, Lucas Giolito for the White Sox? Their yeah. starting pitcher. He's, he's shown out greatly this year. I remember a couple years ago, he was the top prospect in the mm-hmm. Nationals organization. Mm-hmm. And then he got moved um, to the White Sox in a deal. And now he's pitching like an ace for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty exciting for him. Yeah. Fun fact, he and Max Freed, who pitches for the Braves, and Jack Flaherty, who pitches for the Cardinals, all high school teammates. Oh. That was their their one, two, three high school ro- pitching rotation. It's casual. Yeah. Three yeah. major leaguers. Imagine you're a 16-year-old having to face few, uh, three future there's no leaders. relief coming in either in any games in the. Oh series. no, and, and 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 in high school you only go, you only go like six, six or seven, and so, yeah, they're they're dumb, tough, for yeah, sure. that's pretty fun. Chicago's got some good young pieces, I think. They do, which will be interesting. But I feel like in the AL, if there's ever, it's the definitely the division. If you can like be consistent with pitching and defense, you've got a great shot because they're always like very close to each other. And so you never know. But, it, yeah, I don't feel – it's it, Minnesota is a cool story, and I would like to see them keep doing better. But I really think that the team that comes out of the American League will come out of the West or the East mm-hmm. more than likely. Yeah, I don't see any of these teams making the making the World Series. No. What are your What are your thoughts on Cleveland? Here's, here's kind of where I'm at, and then I'll kind of let you take over. Um, it seems like Cleveland's in the exact same spot that they were last year. But last year they didn't have any competition. Um, they're right now they're forty nine and thirty eight. They're six and a half games behind Minnesota, and I feel like that's about where they were last year too. It's just that the emergence of Minnesota has kind of made Cleveland look not quite as good as they were last year. Yeah, Cleveland's in a weird spot, honestly, because they were both on the rise. You know, when Cleveland and Chicago Cubs played in the World Series, I feel like that was a really good World Series. It was a cool opportunity for one of those franchises to really go over the top for mm-hmm. having won in a long time. And obviously the Cubs won, which that was really cool. But it really felt 
that Cleveland was going to be right there. You would you could argue that they were going to just going to win the next year, and but that was the year that Houston won the year after, if I remember correctly. And I believe that's right. Cleveland has been a weird. They haven't been able to to get that same mojo back. Like it's there. There are pieces that are there, but like um, Jason Kipnis, people like that have been good, but then not as good as they once were. And Karnasian moved on. Um, Andrew Miller out of the bullpen. Miller hasn't been as dominant as he was. I think he's in St. Louis now, actually. So he's yeah, not even they there. They might have even traded. There's been a lot of trade rumors. Um, Kluber's been not as dominant. Corey Kluber, their starter, who has won, I think, a couple Cy Youngs, hasn't been as dominant as he's been in the past. And Cleveland's just a smaller market to where. So, like, some of these bigger markets, when you talk about, like, a, a Boston or a New York. They can build guys up, but then they also they, they go for the free agent guys. But a city like Cleveland, they need to more hit on these local guys. You know, they, they'll bring in free agents, but they're not going to sign as many of these big. Not many people are lining up to move to Cleveland, right? Not just not and not in that not in that sense. And they just don't have the same dollars to do that, so they have to hit these guys well. And now you have some of these guys that have been good for them, but they need to start getting paid kind of more of what they would be worth on the market. And so Cleveland's just having to decide, do we do we start trying to pay some of these guys? But then when you do, you can't pay everybody. And it, it's I know that they've kind of thrown everybody on the table to be traded and not. Um, so, But I think you're right. They haven't really like been able to put it all together. And that's why Minnesota has kind of just come together and kind of taken them everybody by surprise just to be leading the division. So Cleveland still has a great opportunity for it all to come together. It's just been some weird dynamics that I think they're just still trying to figure out. I don't know. It just feels like a little bit of a hangover from the World Series a couple years ago. Yeah. Just how do we like get over the top? Because um, Cleveland's been so close, but yeah, so far as well. For sure. Yeah. Do you want to hit on Detroit and Kansas City or not really? There's not much um, to hit on. There's also. not a whole lot to hit on other than your boy, Whit Merrifield. My boy, Whit. Um, yeah. Witt would be a great trade target for any contending team. He can play several positions. He can hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not going to hurt you on offense or defense. And he'd probably get a pretty good little return back for Kansas City, who's obviously in a rebuild mode. They're 30 and 60 right now. Um, I don't know if they'll end up trading him or not because he's very well beloved in Kansas City. Um, but he's definitely proved that, that he's going to be there to make a good team better, mm-hmm. to maybe put them over the top of reaching the World Series. The other guy, uh, Castellanos for Detroit, who coming into the season was kind of going to be like their version of Wit, so someone who was supposed to, like we knew Detroit wasn't going to contend, so someone that they could potentially use as a trade target has not had as good of a year. He's still, still a good player, not great on defense. He can still hit, but not as good of a year and maybe not living up to as much of his expectation mm-hmm. as Witt has. Yeah. Um, and like I said, both of them, they're 26 and 27 games out of first right now, so not really much hope. There's not much else to say about those teams. Yeah, other than just they might be good. Those those types of pieces might be good for, for some future trades with the deadline coming up. Um, okay, after the West, um, so right now I had Houston, and I think you had Houston. Did mm-hmm. you have Houston as well? I Houston, have Houston as well. I feel like that's kind of like a pencil in until they prove that they're not 
they're pretty much one of those teams. It's a sharpie in until they prove <laughs> until yeah. someone else can step up. Mm-hmm. It's Houston and then a gap right now. Yeah, so they're fifty six and thirty three, uh, still playing well. I haven't honestly. The record's a little better than I thought it was. Um, just because I know that they've been hurt. Correa's been hurt. Altuve's been hurt. Bregman's having a breakout year. Honestly, mm-hmm. he's developed. Not that I thought he wasn't a good player, but he's developed. He's going to be consistently developing every year. Um, and he's in the home run derby as well. Uh, they lost Keichel, who's now on your Braves. That's um, right. But Verlander's still holding up. Um, I've been impressed with that because I felt like he was on a decline. And then him being in Houston really has pulled back the old Verlander. It has. Um, I, we don't know how much longer he'll be able to go, but... I think it's it, he's been really I've been impressed with him. I I had Houston um, coming out of the, the American League and they're still my World Series team, um, like taking it home. And I'm until further notice, I'm really I'm sticking with them. I don't have any reason to change. I think there's just a matter of them getting to the postseason and really just trying to because that's what it is. Like they're just trying to keep their lead and keep going into the postseason, being ready to play uh, another team and just try to make it back to the World Series is really with that. Um, we have Oakland's in, in second. They're always right there. I just watched Moneyball recently again, and I've always just been impressed with how they've been able to, to put their teams together with a smaller budget and still be really competitive. Um, but I don't know. What, what are the thoughts you have on the, on the West? Um, I think I had the Angels second solely for Mike, Mike Trout. Um, they're currently in fourth. Um, I really think that there's a lot of pressure on them um, to perform with Trout. I mean, this guy's the best player yeah. in the world right now in baseball, and you're fourth in your division. That's not acceptable. Um, and, 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 and honestly, it's not even – you could say the most competitive of divisions. You would, right. you would say maybe it's like fourth. If I had to throw a number out, that's probably fourth out of six in competitiveness. Right. You Houston, know? Houston's definitely out there. Oakland's having a good year. Texas is actually surprisingly having a good year, and they're ahead of L.A. as well. Um, but this team, the Pujols contract several years ago has really been a burden on them. Mm-hmm. At the time when they signed him, he was the best player in baseball. But when you sign someone for that long, there's going to be major decline towards the end. And now that money that they could be allocating other places to build around Trout is still yeah. with Pujols. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they've they got to do something um, with Trout. I mean, this guy's, like I said, he's the best player in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And you're fourth in your division. It's not acceptable. Yeah. And he's shown faith in the team. I was impressed that he was very quickly like, I, this is where I want to be and wants to be one of those guys who stays with the team long term. And so hopefully they can all pull it together. I mean, also, we would be remiss and just take a moment just to say, like, it, it was just really saddening to hear with the passing of Tyler Skaggs. I mean, he's just one of those guys who just seemed like a good guy and just, I enjoyed watching him pitch, but obviously, like, this is a game and it's hard to watch when somebody passes away, especially that young. So definitely our thoughts and prayers are out with him and his family. And I know that that team, that's just hard, you know, already when you're having a tougher season to then be able to come back from that too. So, yeah. Um, so we'll see, hopefully 
I would like to see LA do well for the sake of Trout um, mm-hmm. and just for the sake of they've got some fun pieces, but they just haven't been able to put. I think pitching that's the big key for them is really putting together pitching. Right. Um, and then I mean you've got Seattle who's always on the cusp right there, but they can't ever kind of get it to get. Yeah. This year they're not doing too hot. They're 39 and 54 right now and in last. Mm-hmm. Um, and they traded Encarnacion to the Yankees. So their best hitter is now in New York. So they've, they've pretty much folded. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't trade some more of their pieces mm-hmm. uh, over the next couple of weeks before the trade deadline on the 31st. Yeah. Yeah. So who did who did you have coming out of the the AL again? I had Houston in the World Series. In the World Series. Okay. I did. Yep. Yeah. And I'm I'm still comfortable with that. Um, Minnesota, New York, the other two division leaders right now are looking really good. What scares me about Minnesota is that they haven't been there yet. They don't have much experience there. Um, like these these pieces haven't really been in that right. situation. Yeah, they currently lead all of baseball on runs scored. They've been mashing this year. They have five hundred eight runs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder once you get into the postseason, like it, it turns up. So the pitchers are, are more focused. Not saying they're not focused year round, but there's an extra level of intensity in the postseason. It's even a different way. Yeah, different way you even manage it too. Correct, yeah. and especially like let's say like right now. The Yankees have the best record in baseball. So if the playoffs were to start right now, they would be playing Houston in the first round. So an experienced Verlander who's got a World Series, who's pitched in the postseason a lot, um, he, he'll he find ways to, to look at this Minnesota lineup um, and find ways to slow them down. So I'm comfortable with Houston right now. I'll say Houston or, or probably New York. Um, would be the the two that I would choose right now, but yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident with keeping Houston. Yeah, I, I think I think it's Houston until another team kind of takes it takes it from them. Um, is pretty much how that goes. Um, I think I think the key for Houston is their pitching. Just I think that they that's what topples them over. Say if them and they in New York play, I think their starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me rephrase that. Starting pitching would really be the thing that that. Puts them over the top. Um, okay. Going on to the National League, uh, we have your Braves are atop of the division. How, yeah, how, are. how are you feeling about your Braves? They're six games up on, on the Nats. Right um, starting off the year, we were getting our feet under us. So we were playing a lot of 500 ball. Um, and then I believe it was May the 10th, we moved Acuna to lead off where he finished last year after the all-star break and the team kind of took off last year at that point too. Mm-hmm. We moved um, Acuna from fourth to lead off. Um, we moved Ozzy from lead off back to sixth, seventh, eighth. Um, we moved Donaldson back from second to fourth and we moved Dansby Swanson up to second. Um, and ever since then, they've, they've got the best record in baseball from that point forward. So Acuna hitting leadoff has really helped a lot. He's he's got the most leadoff homers in baseball since the All Star break of last year, um, just leading off games. Um, Donaldson's a better fit, I think, for a four hitter than a two hitter. Swanson's really improved. Um, mm-hmm. He worked with Chipper in the off season, and he lowered his hands and widened his stance because um, he's got a natural instep on his swing, and it's really unlocked his power. 
mm-hmm. especially to all fields. Um, he hit his first homer ever to the right of center field this year, and he's he's hit a few over there. Oh wow! I didn't yeah. realize that was that was he was thing. he was a strictly pool hitter until this until this year. Um, so very encouraging seeing him do well. And then Ozzy is our number eight hitter. He's probably the best number eight hitter in baseball. Switch hitting guy who can who can hit uh, for power, super fast, good average. Um, I really like our lineup. With the addition of Keuchel recently, um, I think that solidifies the rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sir Mike Soroka um, has probably been our best pitcher all year, but he's only like 20, 21 years old. So going into the postseason, you don't want to have your top starter in game one be a 20-year-old kid. Right. Um, Keuchel, he's got a ring. Um, he seems like a, a more a better fit for a top starter in that sense. But, yeah, I really like where the team is. I like the future. Um, Austin Riley, who's come up this year, too. He's playing left now, but he's a natural third baseman, so he'll mm-hmm. be there next year um, once Donaldson – uh, moves on somewhere else. Um, I really like this makeup. They're fun to watch. Um, they're really good. And I am changing my preseason pick of Philadelphia winning the division to Atlanta winning the division. What I should have done all along, I got in the, the mode of we didn't do anything in the offseason like everybody else. And Philadelphia is very good. Yeah. I took, the, I took the Bryce Harper bait. Um, but now I'm off that hook and I'm on back on the Braves bandwagon. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, I had Philadelphia as well um, winning the division. I think signs were kind of pointing to them being able to make that jump. And not that they haven't been good, but they just haven't put it all together. Honestly, it kind of feels like Philadelphia. It's, it gives me the same feeling that the Nationals have given me the past few years with Bryce Harper. I don't know if it's just because Bryce Harper's on the team and they're always like have all these pieces, but then it hasn't fully... Uh, made the jump yet. Yeah, I know he struggled more than than maybe expected. Not bad, but just not what he's capable of. And so, and then Washington's really held, held their own, and Scherzer's been pitching out of his mind, too. He's a machine. Yeah, I want to say they said since since, uh, what was it, since like end of May, he's had an ERA of under .9. Uh, yeah, I, I believe it. Some, something like that. Um, he apparently just came back from paternity leave for a couple of days and then goes out and throws a seven-inning shutout game and strikes out 11. So he's he's a machine. That's all we got to say about that. Um, Going back to Philly real quick before we move on, mm-hmm. um, I think the turning point so far in their season was when McCutcheon went down with an injury. Yeah. Um, up until that point, that's when the Braves are playing 500 ball, the Nationals – um, which their bullpen still trash, but their bullpen was super trash. So they were stinking too, and the Mets just haven't really taken off yet. But Philly, it was kind of open for them to run away with it, and then McCutcheon went down, and he was hitting leadoff, and he was an anchor up at the top of the lineup. That really Since hurts. he went down, yeah, they've they've kind of felt it. And with Odubel Herrera and his um, case, and he's now suspended for the entire year. Those are two guys that could have hit leadoff that they've missed out on for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. And two outfielders. Um, so that's why they had to, to go make a move to get Jay Bruce, who's not an elite, a leadoff guy at all, but he's still an outfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And the Nationals, they're they're really hot right now. Um, they've come back a really good bit um, ever since uh, they started getting healthy and putting everything together. And they're actually in second right now. They passed the Phillies. 
Um, so that's that. But yeah, let's move on and talk about the Mets a little bit. Yeah. Um, currently 40 and 49, 12 and a half games out. Uh, coming into the season, their new general manager said, come get us, and everyone has. Come and get them. Um, they've got some really good pieces who we'll get in. We'll get in and talk about Pete Alonzo here in a little bit some more, but he's been everything advertised, if not more. Um, Jeff McNeil, who most casual fans may not know about, um, is, is their outfielder who made the all-star game. Mm-hmm. And he's a hidden machine. Yeah. Um, he's really good. Uh, and of course, DeGrom anchoring that rotation, um, who's probably maybe one of the two or three best pitchers in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of pieces but they just can't put it together. Yeah. I would say, like, if, if you were going to take the start of a year and say, like, here are some of your key pieces. You've got DeGrom. You've got a young star, potentially in Pete Alonzo. You've got Robinson Cano, a proven veteran who can play. You've got Todd Frazier, who's a solid player. You've got DeGrom, Syndergaard, um, Diaz as the closer. You know, Zach Wheeler's another starter. Zach Wheeler. Steven yeah. Matz. Mm-hmm. All these pieces that are there, and yet they're just not performing. Um, I, I guess that's just the best way to say it. I mean, even just watching games the other night, they're like, it's really good to see how good McNeil's doing, being able to make the All-Star game. But about mm-hmm. all the moves they've made, he's definitely been the best to perform this year. That's not, that's not what you'd want to say. You halfway right. through the baseball season for the Mets, so uh, I think they swung and they just they've missed, and I think there's still an opportunity for them to grow with it. But I mean, until they can get some more pieces that are to, to hit more, that's it, a, it's that's a struggle. tough market to lose into. It is, and and I mean, even they had the other day, seeing that the, the GM and the manager had a fight, and the GM threw a chair across the room. So I don't know. It's yeah, yeah, it just there's just circus up there. Yeah, it's just some dysfunction. I would say it's just, it's just it, that's just what it feels like. If there's there's some stuff, and honestly, like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if um, Callaway either gets fired at the end of the year or some sometime through the year, or they just make some kind of change because. And honestly, it, it's an it's an upper management thing, is what I feel like mm-hmm. it is with the Mets. It just feels like it's the same. Starts at ownership and comes yeah, down. it just feels like it's the same type of story every year. I remember last year, and you're like, "What's going on with the Mets?" And it just feels like um, there's just some stuff that they just need to figure out from a management team of what direction they're wanting to go. They just always feel like on the same page on stuff. Which sounds a lot like the last team in the division, the Miami Marlins. Uh huh. Currently, thirty-three and fifty-four, eighteen and a half games out right now. Um, not much to say about Miami. They're not good. They've got some nice young pieces that they've gotten in trades. Mm-hmm. Um, just the other night, Jordan Yamamoto pitched against the Braves. Did an awesome job. Mm-hmm. They've got Sandy Alcantara, another young pitcher. Um, so they've got some young pieces. Um, then a couple of guys that they signed in the international free agent market that are just like 18, 19 years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be really good. Um, but yeah, right now they're not good. They know it. They can't get anyone to come to games. Um, yeah. 
I assume they're going to stay in Miami at least I was for a little say, while. Because that, honestly, it's starting to feel – and that's the weird part we didn't talk about with Tampa Bay either. Both Florida teams are having a hard time getting fans, whether they're, whether they're good or not. Um, and, you know, Tampa's been having a hard time getting a new stadium. They're even flirting with the idea of playing half the season in Montreal, which is a whole nother discussion, right. which feels weird. Which means that in five years, they're going to be in Montreal. Right. But I then don't see them staying in Tampa. But then the Nationals move from Montreal to Washington for the same sorts of reasons. So you're like, is that really the best spot for them? I mean, honestly, do you start looking... Do you start looking at other cities that haven't been really tested yet to be like, hey, like, right. like for example, I mean, we're both from this part of the country, but Charlotte. I mean, obviously, we're in Braves country, but it's a market that's proven. I mean, they have an NFL team. They have a strong AAA team, but it's a big city that doesn't have a major league team. Right. And for a team that's having a hard time pulling fans, I mean... Is it worth looking into a Charlotte or a Nashville? I mean, Nashville has Vanderbilt, which is harder, be hard to pull, you know, pull mm-hmm. people from that. But do you take a chance on a bigger city somewhere right. else in the East? Um, or do you just keep trying to make Florida work? You know, like I, I it's just, it's, it's just been hard. There's been a lot of talk of potential expansion to get to 32 teams in Major League Baseball. Um, which I think will happen sometime within the next handful up to 10 years. Um, and Montreal has kind of always been one of the favorites. MLB really wants to get back there. Um, and the other favorites were kind of, like we mentioned, Charlotte, Nashville, and Portland. Because mm-hmm. uh, right now the Mariners are kind of up there in the northwest corner all by themselves. Um with Portland and Montreal kind of being the two favorites. Well, with all this deal with Tampa potentially moving to Montreal has kind of really opened the door for somewhere like Nashville or Charlotte um, to move into. So to kind of invade in, in Braves territory uh, to come down this way. And I think, honestly, either either city would be a good option. Um, Charlotte's one of the fastest growing markets in the country right now. I'm not sure about Nashville, but I know that they have tons of people there too. And they support the Predators and the Titans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like either one would be a, a really good option. But yeah, with Miami, I think they'll stay in Miami um, just because they're hard-headed. Um, they have that beautiful new stadium. They finally got rid of that stupid home run sculpture in the outfield. <laughs> um, so I think I think they could stay there. With Derek Jeter there, I honestly don't know how it's going to be. He's one of the greatest players of all time, but as Michael Jordan has proved, because you're a great player doesn't mean you're a great owner. It doesn't always translate, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see kind of how that goes. But, yeah, yeah so that was kind of our uh, halftime um, expansion talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can kind of hop back in now. The next is the Central. Um, the Central right now in the National League is separated by four and a half games. From the Cubs in first to the Reds in last. Mm-hmm. Cubs are at 47 and 42. The Reds are at 41 and 45 with Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Pittsburgh in that order sprinkled in in between. This is the hardest division um, to predict because right now um, the Cubs are in first. They have a positive run differential. Milwaukee's in second. They have a negative run differential. St. Louis is in third. They have a positive. 
Pittsburgh's in fourth, they have a negative. And the Reds in last place have a positive run differential. So it's pretty weird right now to see like so many teams like all cluster there together. Mm-hmm. I had St. Louis coming out. Did I? I know I had St. Louis in the World Series. I can't remember if I had them like actually winning the division or coming out of the wild card. Um, but right now, I I don't know what to think about this division. What do, What do you think about it? Um, I think that we've played almost ninety games and. We still don't know a whole lot more about the division other than what we were coming into it. Um, and baseball can kind of work like that sometimes. Sometimes it takes a second half to really to surge. I know Milwaukee last year, they were strong and basically continued strong. They just never really fell off for the division. Um, the Cubs are winning, but I haven't really seen them really play like they fully are capable of. Or just, you know, like they're winning, but they could still mm-hmm. perform better. Um Obviously, Milwaukee could probably pitch better than they have. Yelich is on a tear. Um, I mean, he might win another MVP. Uh, I would say it's probably going to come down to one of their those two teams to really um, to win the division. Um, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati are really fun to see. I mean, Josh Bell has been a fun um, right to see like a, just a new face and really perform really well, and he'll be fun to see in the home run derby and, and seeing the all-star game and Cincinnati, they're making some strong, they're making some good movement, but they, I don't feel like they're really contenders. I feel like they're ahead of what they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're not supposed to be contending yet, but they're hanging in there. Yeah. I and mean, that's really all you can ask for, for teams. Um, if, if Cincinnati starts falling off, I wouldn't be shocked if you saw like a Yasiel Puig be shipped yeah. um, just because he's a piece he's been on winning teams before and he could be a spark plug to kind of help or may, may, may hurt but theoretically help a team uh, other pieces they might want to hold on to like a Sonny Gray mm-hmm. you know to keep building on but um, I think I just so I actually technically my prediction is right now if the season ended today I would have gotten this division exactly right Nice. For the record. Now, I don't think it's going to necessarily <laughs> stay this way, but I think um, I think the Cubs or Brewers will win the division. The other one it will be the wild card. I think the key is, can a St. Louis or somebody um, take that other wild card spot? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they can. I mean, uh, Paul Goldschmidt has been playing well, but he hasn't for the Cardinals, but hasn't. He hasn't been what they wanted him to be. Right. And, and, and that sometimes just that just takes a little bit um, to fully get to that. So I can see him having a strong second half and then, then making a surge to to really to really um, play well out there. So I would say at least two I would say two of those teams will make the postseason. It's whether or not a third one will or not. Gotcha. Um, when it's really close like this, I like to look at the road record. I like to see teams that are taking care of business at home and then at least playing around 500 ball on the road. Currently, the closest team to 500 on the road in that division is Pittsburgh. Right. But unfortunately for them, they're 21-21 at home. Yes. So that's not boating too well. So the Cubs, Milwaukee, St. Louis, and Cincinnati all have winning records at home with the Brewers and Cardinals having the best road records. Um, 
So kind of the way it, it kind of shakes out. I kind of like Milwaukee. Yeah. Just kind of looking at the way it's spread out so far. Um, they're only a half game back right now. Um, with Yelich, if he can stay hot, he can he can hit them to the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I kind of like Milwaukee coming out of that right now. So we'll see how it goes. All right, moving on to the West mm. in the surprise, no one surprised division of the year. The Dodgers have a 14-and-a-half game lead over the Rockies. And then it's followed by the Diamondbacks, Padres, and Giants. Mm-hmm. I think the, the most interesting things to talk about this division are, of course, the Dodgers just completely dominating the division. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also kind of the decline of the Giants and kind of early rise, like we talked about with Cincinnati, how San Diego – um, it's kind of a little bit ahead of schedule, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I want to hit on, though, is the Giants. And you can kind of take over. Okay. You can hit on what you want to next. Um, the Giants stink. My wife and I actually went to a Giants-Diamondbacks game. We went to San Francisco on a trip mm-hmm. um, in May. And they're not good, um, like at all. But they have two trade pieces that will be very interesting um, over the course of the next month in starting pitcher Madison Bumgarner and left-handed reliever Will Smith. Um, I think if they were to send them somewhere like Atlanta that has the pieces to send back that are both major league ready, full of promise, um, kind of pretty much whatever you're looking for, those two guys on a postseason roster will be nasty. We've seen what Bumgarner does. He's pretty much single-handedly won a World Series. Yeah. When he pitched in three World Series games and picked up three wins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Will Smith has probably been the best left-handed reliever in baseball this year, even though he's on a terrible team. So to see where those guys end up over the course of the next month, whether they ship them together, ship them separately, um, to kind of see where they go, that's going to be very interesting to me. Yeah. And I think whenever I've – quickly turned on a San Francisco Giants game. That's literally the first thing they talk about is, is Bumgarner leaving. And I think at this point, if you're the Giants, I think you need to get something back for him because he has been a great loyal guy for the team, but you're also trying to rebuild and he is still a, a strong pitcher. Like he still has some stuff. He's not, I wouldn't say he's probably the same, as he was a few right. years ago when they, when they won the World Series. But he can still be very helpful for some team. And you want to get some assets back for him. Because, again, San Francisco is not – they're a great place to play, but they're not necessarily this, like, top free agent place. And so you need to get some pieces back. So I'd say a team like Atlanta makes sense for him to go to um, that needs starting pitching. But it's just a matter of who has the right price back for him. Um, and he currently has the no trade clause where he put a list of teams um, as his, I guess, no trade destinations. Mm-hmm. And the list of teams were only contenders because he knows he's not getting traded somewhere that's not a contender. So he has to approve individually any deal they make. So, like, the Braves are on his no trade list. Mm-hmm. So if they work out a deal with the Braves, he would have to approve it. Mm-hmm. So it gives him more power to kind of pick which team he goes to. 
Yeah. So they can't say, oh, we're trading you to the Mets, which would suck for him. But it's kind of unprecedented to see like someone do what he's done uh, to try to control where he lands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Other okay. three teams in the division, Colorado, Arizona, San Diego, anything stand out about them? I, I kind of expected more from Colorado, honestly. Yeah, I would say I, I, would, I have two. I mean, I had Arenado as my MVP. And he's having, he's having a good year, but we just haven't seen. And that's always been the thing with Colorado, is you can always find hitters in that ballpark because of how big it is in the air. The ball travels really well is can you get the pitching that can match up with that and be consistent enough to keep the ball down? Um, and they just haven't had that as much this year, you know? And so, I mean, I think Story was a top – Trevor Story was a top player to potentially get dra- uh, be on the All-Star team as well. Um, with the Padres, like you said, they're a young, up-and-coming team with Machado. I would say Machado's probably underperformed a little bit. I mean, he's a former Oriole. I mean, he came back to Baltimore and promptly hit, like, a couple home runs in the series, reminding what we gave up to (laughs) send him away. (laughs) But, you know, I think for San Diego, they're building a lot of good pieces, and I think they'll be a contender within the next couple years. Saying things progress like they are, Tatis is – Fernando Tatis Jr. has been – has really been proving that he is the player that people think he is. Um, yeah, he's been everything that's been advertised. Yeah, I would say this is the Dodgers division, but San Diego looks like they have the best core pieces to dethrone them in the future. Um, but, qu- yeah. Saying quickly, too, on Arizona, uh, Cattell Marte has been amazing this year. He's actually starting the All-Star game at second base. Yeah. Um, and my boy, fellow Gamecock, Christian Walker, has been thriving uh, and Goldschmidt's spot at first base kind of replacing him, actually kind of outplaying Goldschmidt mm-hmm, so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to go shout out to Christian Walker, Cox. All right. Anything else from that division? I mean, the Dodgers, Bellinger's been ridiculous. It seems like between him or Muncie or Seeger or mm-hmm. um, Turner, I mean, there's just so many pieces there that they're just unbelievable. I think I have two thoughts with this. One, um, well, actually, we'll, we'll say three thoughts. I think the move of getting Puig, like sending Puig to Cincinnati, was actually a good move for them. They were able to get, they were able to get some stuff for him, but just team dynamically, and I think they they've just had consistently for a few years too many outfielders in a non DH league because um, those guys need to play every day, and I just don't think. Just somebody had to go, and I think it made sense for Puig. To, he needed a new start somewhere else anyway. And so, and then, two, Bellinger has improved his swing to be even more dominant than his rookie year. He was, he was having, like, a decent year last year, but he's a big swing and miss guy, and he's now shortened up a little bit and been able to hit, like you were saying with Swanson, um, hit to the other field. Um, and that's really been, I think, a key for him to be able to really become more you could argue he is in, in one of the front runners for MVP along with Christian Yelich of the mm-hmm. Brewers. And then three is Walker Bueller, the oh, starter. Yeah. He has been dominant. Um, and he definitely is using, um, he's got a strong fastball, big breaking ball, and he has been developing really well for them. And I think 
I think they are still a strong team to come out of the West. However, we have seen over and over and over again in baseball or in a lot of sports, just because you have the best record in your league does not mean you were going to make it out. And sure. I think, I think this is this. Um, it's going to come down to the Dodgers and the Braves. And I know as Braves fans, you love always having to play the Dodgers in L.A. But <laughs> it just always feels like the, the two play each other. I think this will come down to that will be the NLCS. And the question will be, can the Braves pitching be able to quiet the, the bats of the Dodgers enough to be able to make it? And I think they have the opportunity to do so, but that's, that's the question. So I think it comes back to, again, I think the Braves do need to make probably another move for a Madison Bumgarner or somebody like that to either shore up the bullpen or to add another arm because Fultonavich has been struggling a little bit. They just need another arm to be able to compete with that. Um, And the Dodgers, I'm sure, will probably make a move because they usually have money to be able to do that. So I would say those are the two favorites. I have L.A. making it to the World Series again. I would say I'm just going to stick with that until – until they prove otherwise, I think. I mean, when both of my picks are still very competitive, it, it'd be hard, it's hard to go against against that. So, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying about the Dodgers and the Braves looking like they could be the potential NLCS. I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, that's kind of the way I was thinking too. Um, another piece for the Dodgers has been Ryu. He's probably been their best starting pitcher this year, and he just got named to the NL um, be the NL starter. Excuse mm-hmm. me. So, between Kershaw, who we all know um, is an awesome pitcher, and Bueller and Ryu, that's probably the best threesome of starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, just for the sake of not being the same and pulling out some homerisms, I'll, I'll actually take the Braves in that. I'll put the Braves in the series. Put the Braves in the series. Okay. I think a Braves-Houston series would be really interesting. It'd be really, I think that'd be really fun. To see Keuchel and McCann – go back up against against Houston their old team and to see what kind of knowledge they could give to a young Braves team who who is that they are a young Braves team mm-hmm. um, they have some some nice older pieces in like McCann and Marquecas Tyler Flowers mm-hmm. you've got your prime guys in um, Donaldson and Freeman then mm-hmm. you've got your, your your young pups too um, really good really good shot all right, do you want to talk about the home run derby real quick? I know we're kind of running a little time. Yeah, we're, we're hitting close to the 50-minute mark. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. I think it's a fun – I honestly like this system a little bit better. I know in years past um, I didn't I didn't like the idea of as much of having a clock and having a bracket, but I think it makes it more fair. And also you don't get the Josh Hamilton situation to where he balls out first, first two rounds and then gets so mm-hmm. tired and then you actually forget that. Um, right. He didn't actually win the home run derby. Um, Which is ridiculous after hitting like, what, 30-something home runs? In, in one round. round. I think it was Justin Morneau actually was the one who won the home run derby. Yeah, but just like you just forget because it was actually him. So they have 18 bracket where uh, they picked just, uh, I think, is it four from each? Um, no. I'm looking one, two, three, four, five. No, there's five National League and, and three, three American League. Okay. I think they just offer it to people and, and see who wants it. It's kind of like the dunk contest. I would say it's a similar type of thing. You don't necessarily always get the best people, but you get people. There's some fun storylines in this for sure, and I'm glad that guys want to do it. So I think we – so Will and I talked about just doing a quick little 
a little bracket challenge and just make some picks just for um, who we think is going to win. This is probably going to air after this has already happened, but we'll, <laughs> we'll unless we'll, we put it up tonight, right? Unless <laughs> we put it up tonight, so it'll be funny to see how this how this goes. But just for the sake of fun, uh, first round we've got number one seed Christian Yelich, thirty one home runs against Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Only eight home runs, but he has home run power in the home run swing of his dad. So who who would you take out of those two? Um, I'm tempted to take Guerrero, but I'm going to take Yelich. You're going to take Yelich. I'm going to take Yelich too. I think. Guerrero is going to be fun, but he might overswing a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. And also remember, we're playing in Cleveland, too. Right. I don't know how many factors those, but I feel like they've got a, they've got a um, pretty fair ballpark. But that's, that's where the All-Star game is going to be, so that's where the home run derby is going to be. And then on that side of the bracket, we've got Alex Bregman of the Houston Astros, who's played in home run derby before, and Jock Peterson, another left-handed bat from the Dodgers, who's all home runs. Who, yes. who would you take out of those two? I'm going to take Jock in that matchup. You're taking Jock. Okay. I'm going to take Bregman. I think he's got a good swing for that. I don't know. I just I like his swing, and I think he's hot. And I think I think he'll then go win. They both have similar home run numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the four and five seed. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, the, the most even match Yeah. in the first round. Yeah, and they only have like four minutes. So it's definitely a, a quick little thing. And then... Other side of the bracket, it's Pete Alonzo, the hot rookie from the New York Mets with 29 home runs, already set the rookie record for their team. And then Carlos Santana, the home hometown guy who's back now in Cleveland with 19 home runs. Who are you taking in this one? I'm taking the hometown guy, Santana. You're taking Santana? Yep. Yep. I saw enough last year with Bryce winning it in Washington to see just kind of the energy that you can get as being the hometown guy in these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Santana over over old Pete. Okay. I'm going to take Pete. I think Pete's got it. In that porch, he will hit enough. I don't know if he's necessarily going to win it, but I think he can definitely hit some fun bombs um, and just has the younger bat speed to be able to, to keep up with that. And then last we got three versus six in Josh Bell, the Pirates, against the – uh, Ronald Cunha Jr. of the Atlanta Braves. So, I'm. I can guess who you might take in this. I'm gonna take Josh. Just kidding. I'm taking Acuna. <laughs> I've got Acuna winning this round, but he swings so hard, he's not gonna win the next round. Um, but yeah, I've gotten him beating Bale. Bale's been a really nice story this year. Um, but I'm I'm not picking against Acuna here in the first round. We gotta at least get to the second round. You gotta get to the second round. Mm. I'm going to take Acuna, too. I think Josh Bell is, again, like you said, a fun story. But I think he's he's going to hit too many uh, like high fly balls. And I think it's going to really wear him out. Um, so I'm going to take Acuna, and just because I think that would be fun, a fun matchup. So in my semifinal, it would be Yelich and Bregman. I'm going to take Yelich. I think he's just proven that he can hit home runs and I think someone who consistently hits at all parts of the field would be a good winner for that and then in my other semis it's Alonzo and Acuna um, I'm going to take Alonzo just because I think he's been really hot and like you said Acuna does swing really hard and I think yeah I just think Alonzo will keep up his hot streak gotcha yeah I've got so that Yelich and Peterson and then Santana and Acuna I'm going to put Peterson and Santana in the final. Okay. Um, and I'm going to take 
Peterson winning it over Santana. I don't you got know. Peterson. Okay, the two lefties. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of the way I, I see it shaking out. Okay. Because, um, like I said, Peterson's kind of got that all-or-nothing swing, mm-hmm. which plays really well into the home run derby because it's either a home run or an out. Right. So, um, yeah. And he's been in it before, too. I remember seeing him play in a while back. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Peterson as the five seed to win okay. this bad boy. So, we're going to see That's how it. wrong I am. Mm. By the time this airs. Okay. And I'm going to take Yelich over Alonzo. I think he's the one seed and just running with the hot bat. And I think he'll just be able to just spray all over the field. So there you go. Those are our picks. And we'll we'll see how right or how wrong we are. <laughs> Probably wrong. Probably wrong. Josh Bell's going to win it. <laughs> there you go. We're calling it now. Josh Bell might win this, even if we didn't pick him in the first round. Um but they're always fun to watch, and I think this is just always a fun little week in baseball where the world kind of stops and gets just to do a fun little – I would say it's probably got – for me, it's the most fun all-star setup. Yeah. It's where it's, like, fun, but then you also have a game where everyone still gets to play, but it still feels like a real game. Right. The NBA all-star game is, is not a real game, and then the pro ball sucks. So and Yeah, because half the players don't even want to play, which is understandable. It's a contact sport where they might get hurt. So And it's after the season's over. So, I mean, Super Bowl champions already been well, – actually, is it the week between now? It's the week between. It's the week now. between, but the Super Bowl teams aren't going to be in right. there anyway, and then you have people leaving, and it's yeah. – it's, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a harder sport to make the All-Star. I think baseball is the best – that's the best thing they have going for them versus the other right. sports. Because they're trying to win, and it's more of a, like you were saying, like a normal game. Mm-hmm. So, well, there you have it. There's a quick little snapshot into the baseball season right now. Um, so, there. There we go. The Orioles just need to go on a 40-game win streak, and then we'll be back in the playoffs. <laughs> so, feeling very confident about that. Sure. <laughs> so, Anyway, we appreciate you guys listening and supporting the podcast. Um, please definitely uh, share, subscribe. Um, let us know who you think is going to make the World Series. Um, who do you think's not? Uh, what do you like of our picks? Um, and many thoughts maybe after the All-Star Game as well. What you enjoy or like um, about that and just thoughts from that. So, Will, thanks again for being on. This is always fun to have you uh, here. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I enjoy it. Yeah. There you go. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. And for now, we're signing off.